Because see, there's one thing to do the hard thing when you have to do it. But to do the hard thing when you don't have to do it, that creates a whole nother level of strength that I didn't know I had inside of myself. I'm Kara Lewis Newton, host of the KLN Podcast. Five years ago, my life was literally flipped upside down when I built a multiple six-figure income from a business on social media. More than that though, I'm a mom to three and a wife to Luke in a marriage that we've had for over 18 years. But beyond those roles that I fill, I have found deep purpose in helping women find strength and confidence. Because I believe that when a woman can value who she truly is, it unlocks the potential for her to grow into someone even greater. I believe a confident woman will change the world around her. This is the KLN Podcast. Well, hello. Yes, I am back. Can you believe it? (laughs) I'm sorry. I took a very unannounced absence for about two weeks. I unexpectedly needed a little break, like a reset, a recharge. I feel like sometimes when I step back for just a minute, it allows my brain and the creativity with inside me to kind of like regroup build up again, have energy. And so that's what I've been doing for the last two weeks. And it's been so needed. So thank you for giving me that time and understanding why there hasn't been some new content out in the last couple of weeks, but I'm back. And I'm excited to share with you today. Since I have been gone, I ran a 10K. Now, a lot of you know that I've been training for this, but I wanted to just kind of recap for a second on why the heck I did that what my motivation was, and I wanna share with you what I learned from it. So back in November, I went to a business conference, and they were talking about, it was actually the Rise Business Conference by Rachel and Dave Hollis, and they were talking about limiting beliefs and the things that we tell ourselves that maybe aren't true, but are keeping us back or holding us back from from our potential or what we could be. And I gotta be honest with you, whenever something like that comes up, I struggle. I really do. Like, I struggle to know what my limiting beliefs are. I'm not someone that has a hard time with negative self-talk. I just don't listen to it very much. I, for the most part, have come a really long way in my self-confidence and believing in myself. And so when we talk about negative self-talk and limiting beliefs, I sometimes check out, I'll be honest. But in that moment, all of a sudden, it hit me. It was something that I had just never allowed myself to believe could be true. And that was, I could exercise. (laughs) I know that sounds kind of crazy, but my whole life I've told myself, I'm not an athlete, I don't like to exercise, and I'm not a runner. The truth is, what I really believed was that I'm not a disciplined person. And here's the thing, I know that you can look on at my life and look on at the business that I've built and think, well, that's just ridiculous because nobody could build what you've built and not be disciplined. But the truth is, I jump from one thing to another. I do things that I like doing. I don't do things that I don't like doing. And I'm not very good at doing something in repetition. Every day, in and out, even when I don't like it, showing up, I just have never been very good at that my entire life. And I realized that it was that belief that was telling me I couldn't be a runner. That, and I really do genuinely just hate exercise and running and sweating and being hot. So there's that as well. (laughs) So I told myself this, I'm going to fight this head on in my mind. 
I'm going to show myself that I can be a disciplined person and I'm going to do it through the avenue of running. I don't know what I was thinking, but I told my husband, I told the people that I was there with. A few weeks later, I told my kids and of course their response was, mom, we do not think this is a good idea. You could maybe die if you try to do this. Because see, I had told myself this was so true that the other people in my life believed it too. Do you have anything about yourself like that? I had believed it so deeply that I had actually taught the people around me to believe it about me as well. So I started the week of Christmas training for a 10K. And you're like, but Kara, why a 10K? I mean, (laughs) why not start out small with a 5K? Here's the thing. I'm not very disciplined, but I am sure as heck driven. And so I will do anything to prove someone wrong, even if it's myself. I knew that as out of shape as I was, I might, I just might be driven enough to run a 5K without having to do the discipline of training. But I knew physically and mentally I could not run a 10K without having to do the discipline of training. And so that is why I chose the 10K. Three times a week, I trained with my husband in our neighborhood. He would get up with me and we would do whatever my training program was was telling me to do that day. We started out, I kid you not, one minute of running, one minute of walking. In fact, I say that and it may have even been 30 seconds of running, one minute of walking. I was dying after that first training. I thought I have bit off way more than I can chew. This wasn't a limiting belief. This wasn't self-talk. This was just the truth. I can't run. But I kept going because I had already told my kids and the 100,000 plus viewers on my Facebook page. And so there was no turning back. I was going to document this through my Instagram stories and I was going to stay at this until May 16th came when the 10K race would be. I felt awful almost every time. <laughs> We'd go out and I would feel like I was dying. And my husband would, wouldn't have a drop of sweat on his face. He would be running and talking to the neighbors and petting dogs and throwing basketballs in the basketball hoops. And I literally would be choking on my lungs. It was so hard. It was so hard, but I was doing it. Like literally I was, <laughs> I was doing it. So why was this so important that I do something hard like this? Well, it occurred to me about halfway through my training process, what had kind of caused me to believe I wasn't a disciplined person. Now hear me out because this is not, mom, if you're listening, don't feel bad about this, okay? (laughs) Because I know she will. This is nothing negative about my mother. She is truly the strongest woman I've ever met. The things my mom has had to do in her life, you wouldn't wish on anyone. The things that she has emotionally and physically had to do, and I have had to watch her do as a small child until now, she truly, she's my hero. She is the strongest person I know. My mom has had to do a lot of things that quite frankly, she didn't want to do and that didn't feel good, but she had to do them. My mom's had to do things because other people made choices for her that she wouldn't necessarily have made and she reaped the consequences for them. My mom's had to do jobs and go places and have conversations that she never wanted to have to do but did them anyway because she had no other option. She is the strongest woman I know. 
But in that, I do feel like we, as a family, my mom, my sister, and I, create a kind of a culture within the three of us that if it was hard and you didn't necessarily have to do it, why would you do it? And the reason being, life is hard anyway. Why add more hard if you don't have to? (laughs) So truthfully, in my mom being so strong and being a good mom, she kind of told me, if it's hard and you don't have to do it and no one's expecting you to do it, good God, Kara, don't do it because there's already too many other hard things in life to do. And so I kind of adopted that mentality and maybe took it to an extreme in my life. That if nobody was counting on me to do it and it wasn't something that I was obligated to do or that I was being kept accountable to do and I didn't like doing it, then I'm just not going to do it. So much so that you may not believe this. I've kind of been known as a quitter in my life. I've quit jobs. I've quit classes at school. I've quit projects. I've quit (laughs) games. I've quit recipes. I've quit anything that didn't really matter to anyone but me. And it was something I didn't enjoy doing. I'd quit doing it. And so I realized I needed to prove to myself that I could do something hard when no one was expecting me to finish, when no one was telling me I had to do it, but that I could discipline myself to do the hard even when I didn't have to. There's something really powerful about that, I found. (laughs) Because when it came time closing in on the race day, my confidence and my ability to see the strength was in myself had grown so much over the last five months. So much. Because see, there's one thing to do the hard thing when you have to do it. But to do the hard thing when you don't have to do it, that creates a whole nother level of strength that I didn't know I had inside of myself. So race day, May 16th, I find out the end of March that there is no race. Because of the pandemic, they had canceled the race. I was like, oh man. (laughs) I mean, this was what I would like set myself for. This was what I had been training for. This, I had it all envisioned in my mind. And I'd like to say that I handled it well. I'll be very honest, I didn't. I don't know why it upset me so badly, but it was really hard for me to swallow the fact that we weren't gonna have the race. I had just never worked this hard at something that nobody was telling me I had to do. I was, I had never worked this hard at something just for me. So I was really bummed out. So Luke said to me, he's like, don't worry, we'll still run it on the 16th. You and I will still run it. We'll have the kids there and they can watch you do it. Because up to this point, the kids had not watched me run at all. All they had seen was me coming in the door, falling on my face and gasping for air after each run. So I said, okay, we will still run on the 16th. It's the morning of May 16th. I knew that I was running the ne- that morning and I woke up feeling horrible. Like, not like mentally horrible, like physically horrible. (laughs) I was so nauseous and my stomach hurt so badly. And the only thing that I can figure is that maybe I ate something the day before that just didn't agree with me. But I thought, I already told the kids I was doing this. So we'll go to the park where we had already had it all mapped out. Well, we, I say we. Luke had spent the whole previous day figuring out exactly how many laps it was going to take to run 6.2 miles. But I thought, well, if I feel terrible, I'll just stop and we'll do it again another day. So we get to the park and you guys, we pull in 
and four of my best friends are there with all of the makings of a race. Like they had all had t-shirts made for them, for my kids, for me, for Luke. I even had a little race sign to wear on my shirt. They had a flag finish and start line. We did the Pledge of Allegiance. There was a cowbell. You guys, there was even a medal if I won the race. <laughs> and so I knew there's no turning back now. It doesn't matter how bad I feel. I'm going forward with this. So we all got there, we hugged and cried, and Luke and I stood at the start line because I had to have him running with me. He had run five months with me. There was no way I was gonna do this by myself. And we stood at the start line, me feeling nauseous. <laughs> I knew it wasn't nerves. I really didn't feel good. But I thought, okay, mind over matter, brain over body, I can do this. I put my earbuds in, I put my 10K playlist on, and we started. We got about three quarters of our way around the first lap, which was about a mile. And I literally thought, I can't do this. I'll be honest with you. The entire time we trained, I never came to a point where I was going to quit. I was in pain. I didn't like it. I felt out of breath, but I never once walked when the training program told me to run. And three quarters of the way into that first mile, I told Luke, I don't think I'm going to make it, honey. I think, I think I have to walk. And he turned around and he said, in five months, you have never walked when you weren't supposed to. You are not walking. So I'm crying at this point, thinking I'm going to throw up. I'm looking around to figure out where I can do this. And then I thought, well, if I don't throw up, I'm surely going to pass out. And my kids are going to think I died. <laughs> and they will have been right. And so I just kept going one foot in front of the other and we got through that first lap as we passed my friends they're cheering they have signs up the cowbell I know I'm looking rough at this point and I'm just so frustrated I mean I had trained for so long and I knew that I could do this I had already done it I knew I was capable of it and I knew I was capable of doing a good job and here I am after the first lap in tears ready to throw up, wanting to quit, thinking, I can't do this. I made it around the second time, only looking worse than I did the first time. And as I started to run up to where my friends were, where they were cheering for me, sorry, two of them came in beside me and started running with me. I would like to say that I would have finished the 10K anyway, but I can tell you that I probably wouldn't. In fact, Luke would tell you that I probably wouldn't. And my two friends stood alongside me and ran with me and they cheered me on. They recited scripture to me. They kept telling me how strong I was and they just kept saying the most positive, encouraging things so that I couldn't even hear what my mind was trying to tell me, which was, you're not gonna do this. Your body doesn't want to do this. You can't do this. These were all the things that I was telling myself and they were drowning it out with the love and encouragement from either side of me. Luke led us in front and I just watched his feet and kept mine in step with his. <laughs> and we made it around that third lap. And one of my friends dropped off and another one came in and she stood beside me and ran with me. And they just kept encouraging me the whole time, telling me how strong I was, how I had trained for five months, that there was no way that I was going to quit, that I had to keep going, that I wasn't going to get sick, that my body was strong and that I could do this over and over and over again. 
And then <laughs> when we wrapped around, I think it was the sixth lap was the final lap and we came through the finish line. It was not pretty. I'll be very honest with you. It wasn't what I had envisioned. I didn't look like I thought I was going to look when I finished my 10K after training for five months. I didn't end in the time that I wanted to end in, but I did it. I crossed the finish line and everyone cheered and I cried and I didn't get sick and I didn't pass out. And I did what was hard, even though I didn't have to. I did it. I finished. And one of the things that I realized, well, there were several things I realized in the midst of that run, was that I started out doing this as something just for me, something that I had to prove just for me, all about me, 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 me. And in the middle of that run, I realized that I couldn't do any of it alone. I wasn't even created to do the hard things alone. (laughs) None of us were. We're created to do the hard things together. And we need the love and encouragement from others. I wouldn't have been able to do any of that on race day if my husband hadn't decided to run with me three times a week for five months at a pace that certainly was not the pace (laughs) he would have chosen. And then on race day, I know for certain I wouldn't have finished if my friends hadn't come alongside me and kept my pace up for me encouraging me and loving me and pushing me because this is what I know. In the midst of the struggle and in the midst of the hard, I didn't care about the finish line anymore. I couldn't even see the finish line. All I could focus on was the next three steps in front of me. And once I got past those three steps, I could think about the next three steps. But my friends on either side of me, they kept their eye on the finish line for me and they kept pushing me towards the goal that they knew I had set for myself. And they were not gonna let me disappoint myself. And so when I couldn't see the end, they saw it for me. I think the most important thing that I learned through all of this is that there is value in the struggle. And that just because something is hard and just because you are struggling to get to the finish line doesn't mean that what you have done isn't valuable and it isn't important and it isn't changing who you are. Just because my race didn't look pretty and I didn't look all that strong and I didn't feel all that strong and it was literally a struggle with every single breath and every step, there was value in it. And I'm so thankful that I did it because I grew so much from it. I'm almost safe to say that unless there isn't a struggle, I don't know that you're growing. If something comes so easily and so beautifully and so perfect, I don't know that you actually grow from the experience. I grew so much in those five months, but especially on that race day when every step was a struggle. But with every step, I found value in the work that I had put in. And I finished. (laughs) I finished. I did it. I, Carol Lewis Newton, I can be a disciplined person. Even when I don't have to be. Even when no one's telling me what to do. Even when there isn't someone there waiting for me to do it. I can be a disciplined person. And I'm telling you this right now. Whatever it is that you're wanting to change in your life, Whatever it is that you're wanting to make better within yourself, you can too. Don't believe the lie 
that you can't do the hard thing. And then when it is hard and you are struggling, it doesn't mean that you're not in the right place. It doesn't mean that you're not doing the right thing. In fact, I think the struggle is evidence that you are where you're supposed to be. You got this. The finish line is just ahead. And if all you can see are the three steps in front of you, I hope this particular podcast felt like a friend coming alongside of you, seeing the finish line for you, telling you that you're amazing and you are strong and you can do this. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the KLN Podcast. If it connected with you in any way, I would love it if you would hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss any future episodes. You can also find me on carolewisnewton.com. You can sign up for my weekly newsletter. And also, I would love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, you have the power to change the world around you.